Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses, a gym, online nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no-nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Hello and welcome back to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. And thank you so much for joining me, family, friends, and strangers. I'm so happy to be here in your AirPods today or your headphones or while you're driving your car. I always have a few pre-recorded podcasts just in case, just in case I need something for Monday. But what I really enjoy doing is at the end of my week, after talking to nutrition clients and people in the gym and social situations and while we've been traveling, when I'm having a conversation and it feels like I'm having it over and over and over, it's telling me it's a great podcast episode. Because if I am talking about it with all the peoples, there might be somebody out there listening that can get something from this conversation. So today I'm going to talk about alcohol especially the summer beverages. And mostly because every single day last week and on the weekends and again yesterday, we talked about the summer drinks. And for the most part, people are asking me what I drink and do I drink and how do I drink and stay in line with my nutrition. So it's important to a lot of people to figure this out. We have equated alcoholic beverages to, and socializing as something that goes hand in hand. And so if you were nodding your head like, uh-huh, it's true, we socialize and we drink, they go hand in hand. That is a very normal societal approach to alcohol. And it doesn't necessarily mean we have to do anything different. The only thing is, is all of the alcoholic beverages are high in calories and sugars. And so when you're making the decisions in life to be a healthier version of yourself, to be a stronger person, to be, you know, um, warning, warding off, uh, diseases or potential things like diabetes and heart conditions and blood pressure and things like that. If you are trying to do a better job of your health, and I've always telling people that you, every single time you go to put something in your body, you are making the choice of it going one or two ways. It's either making you healthier or it's not. Those are really the only two options. So it's either making you healthier or it's not. And when it comes to alcohol, it isn't. Yes, there's studies about that one glass of red wine a day and how it can have health benefits. And for every study that they've done that's proven that, they've also had a study done to debunk it. So even if we go with those, with that one set of studies about red wine, we can probably say that's a wash as well. So the alcoholic beverages are for social reasons. They're not for health reasons. So... Well, if we start there, um, sometimes that is enough. 
But for most people, socializing and being fun in the summer, going on the boat, the boat bevies, or going camping and sitting around and having drinks with campers, it is so ingrained to be a, such an important part. I, there's a lot of people that just can't even imagine not including the alcoholic beverages to the social situations. And so learning to do it without it um, taking you way off track from your goals is important. How do you still maintain your level of health that you currently have while having some alcohol in your life? So I created a list of things that I do because I am not a completely alcohol-free person. I have created a list of the things that I have implemented into my life over the course of the last probably 10 years, if not more. I, I don't remember ever since I've had kids because I'm the kid, I'm the one that gets up with babies in the morning, in the night, whatever. There's been a few times over the course of me being a parent where I have drank too much and then had to parent the next day. And I do not parent well hungover. I don't know if you guys do or not, but I am not a very good mom hungover. So ever since I've had kids, I've just had this sort of bar. And if my mom was going to keep them for a sleepover so that I and Corey would always be our driver. So Corey would drive. My mom would have the kids for a sleepover, but she'd bring those kids back. And I'm not done being hung over by noon. And my mom brought those kids back. So it just wasn't ever that fun anymore. There was no more of the sleeping it off, having some salt and vinegar chips and, and uh, picking myself up and hoping it to be all better by Monday. I had life to live. And so... I've had to, over the years, figure out how I'm going to be social, how I'm going to go to these functions and go to these parties and have a good time, but I'm not going to get drunk at them. I just don't do that very much anymore. So for the most part, I have found beverages that I kind of enjoy. My favorite is a glass of wine. I love, and I mean, if this is Raquel listening to this, I know I don't like very good wine. I know I like the sweet 15-year-old girl wine and most real professional wine drinkers are turning their nose up at the wine that I enjoy. But that is one of the things that I truly enjoy. It's just a nice glass of wine. I don't do them in shooters. I don't do five or six of them, but I like a nice glass of wine. But the thing about wine is you're probably just enjoying it slowly, which is also a really good idea when it comes to your alcoholic beverages and your food, of course, eat it slowly. But sipping on a glass of wine is very relaxing for me and social at the same time. Now, my wine also is very high in sugar and the less sugar I have in my life, the worse I feel when I put it in in that high of a concentration. So unfortunately, my very favorite wine that I used to quite enjoy a glass a couple times a week is starting to not sit well with me because of the sugar. So that's okay. I don't, I can find something else or I don't really need that glass of wine, obviously. But um, just slowly slip, sipping on something is one strategy that has definitely helped me reduce the amount of alcohol that I am consuming. 
The other thing is finding some of those lower calorie, lower sugar um, options that they, and they're making them all the time. They are definitely the, the marketing for booze is definitely targeting the <laughs> attempting to be healthy weight loss, um, female target population. You walk into the liquor board store and that 30 year old trying not to put on weight and have your jean shorts get too tight population. That's who we're targeting at the liquor board store. So the hundred calorie, um, drinks, the vizies, the, all that kind of stuff is very popular right now. And it is making a difference. It is helping instead of having a 350 calorie Caesar or sometimes 400 calorie Caesar with the Clamato juice and the vodka. And you know, then you're going to have three pieces of vegetable on top of that drink. And they all start to add up exchanging those Caesars or that, you know, rum and Coke for one of those lower hundred calorie drinks definitely improves the amount of extra calories you're having in a weekend. So it's a good swap. I agree. I, we have those in our fridge as well. And if I'm going to have a cooler with somebody in the afternoon, it will definitely be one of those hundred calorie drinks, but they still have sugar in them. So when you're trying to be monitoring how much sugar you're taking in, just be mindful that there's definitely sugar in there too. You're not going to be able to get away from sugar when you drink alcohol. The other thing that has really helped me when it comes to going to a party, going to like, we're invited to three different grad parties coming up this next week. And it's going to be this kind of deal where you're going to take your own booze to this party. For the most part, people show up with a little cooler bag full of what they're going to be consuming for that night. Let's go back to one of the things that I tell you all the time. If you buy it, you or someone you love is going to drink it. If you bring it, you or someone you love is going to drink it. Okay. Remember that as you're packing up your cooler bag before you go, if you put it in this cooler bag, the potential is pretty high that you're going to drink it before you come home. Maybe not. But why, but why put that temptation into the cooler bag? So if you want to have two drinks, only put two drinks in the cooler bag. And I used to, cause our fridge is filled with all the different kinds of coolers and some beers and some gluten-free, you know, um, weird kind of beers and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to want to drink when I got to the party. So I would just like grab a six or seven different kinds of things. And then when I got there, decide what I felt like. Yeah. But then I'd feel like one and two, and then we'd get doing the jello shooters. And now I'm on to my third, my fourth, and then it would get away on me. So it's much easier now. If I feel like tonight I can have two drinks, I'm only putting two drinks into that bag that I'm taking to the party. I might put, and I'm definitely taking water to the party and flavored water or sparkling water for sure. The, I take the grapefruit Perrier sparkling water. Um, I take the Zevias. I take the non-alcoholic sugar-free sparkling watery things so that I can always be holding my drink. It is such a habit. 
you know, you're mingling and you're walking around and you're going from one chair to the next and you're socializing at the party. And if you look around, very few people are not holding a drink. But why does your drink have to take you way off track for your goals? Hold a drink, but does it have to be an alcoholic drink each and every time? Or can it be a non-alcoholic drink? The other thing that I do is because I'm sipping on these things so slowly, they get warm and I hate that. So I will crack my drink and put it into my Yeti cup because it's going to stay cold for a long time while I slowly sip on it. And once it's in the Yeti cup, nobody knows if I'm having a twisted tea or if I'm having a Zevia and nobody's ever asked. So if you think people are going to say, oh, I wonder why so-and-so is not drinking. Or, you know, if you, if you think people are going to assume that either you are an alcoholic and you're trying to stop or you're pregnant, obviously, because you're not having an alcoholic beverage, you think people think about you more than they actually do. Most people are not even noticing what you're drinking or not drinking. So just do you. It's great. Whatever is going to make you feel awesome at the time. That's exactly what you should be doing. Um, the other thing that you should do when you're having alcoholic beverages is I've talked about the hunger scale before with you. If you've heard it on a previous podcast, you never want to get that really full feeling. And that includes drinking. You never want to have that really full, um, bloated kind of feeling. So if that means slowing it down, taking a pause, don't have as many drinks. Just that bloated feeling is your body not processing what's inside of it. When your body's not processing what's inside of it and it's bloating, it's producing toxins that are not being eliminated. And we don't need to get into what happens when your body is filled with toxins that are not being properly eliminated. But trust me, it's not awesome. So trying to avoid that full bloated feeling by having just the you know, the, a right amount of drinks, nice and slow versus doing three or four shots. And then now drinking a carbonated drink and eating two jello shooters, all of that kind of stuff is not going to be processed in an adequate amount of time. Body just can't do it. That's okay. You have control over what's going in. Um, some of the, oh, I'm also, I wrote little notes for this podcast. One of the other things that I love to do is, um, at the co-op there's cold infused teas. And I also bought from, well, it was a tea party that Kareen had, and I'm almost out of it for this summer, but there was tea that you brew hot, but it tastes so good. Like it tastes like a sweet iced tea. It tastes like a root beer iced tea. I had, um, um, maple iced tea. And so you brew it when it's hot. And I would, if I knew I was having people over the next day, I would have this glass pitcher and I would put these yummy flavored teas in and then put the hot water in, but stick it in the fridge, let it cold, get cold all night. The next day when I was serving people these, this tea, I'd add some ice and a lemon wedge to it and Oh my goodness. It, it's such a yummy drink that I would pick that over some 
cheap, low, 100-calorie cooler any day. It's a little more work, and I had to think about it the night before, and you can't just do it at the spur of the moment. But people also spend a lot of time doing, like, elaborate frozen punches and things like that that have high sugar, high alcohol in them for a party. And I have found that my brewed teas taste really yummy over ice with some lemon. So I will definitely be doing that and sourcing those out again. My cold brew is at the co-op and it's coming in different flavors this year. So that was exciting. I put one in the bottom of my cooler or my um, shaker cup today and the shaker cup or shaker cup thing keeps the tea bag at the bottom and I just keep adding water to it all day long. So as the day progresses, it gets a little bit weaker in taste, but it still tastes like something beyond just water works awesome to keep me hydrated throughout the whole day. So there's your alternatives to having the high calorie, high sugar drinks, but let's just talk about the mindset of drinking. Cause that's also what we've talked about lots this week. Most people are not necessarily looking for the buzz all the time. They're not necessarily, it, it's not like you want to have that buzzed out of control, drunk feeling on a regular basis. It's just, it's what happens when you're being social for a few hours and you're laughing and you're visiting and you just keep cracking a drink. Every time one gets done, you start another one. And then all of a sudden that buzzed feeling is here. And what happens after the buzzed feeling? The the next day, the hangover feeling and the dehydration and all that kind of stuff. And most people are not setting out to think, I really want to ruin my Sunday. I want to feel like shit tomorrow. It's not really a conscious thought, but it just happens. And it's happening recurringly. And so let's just talk about the benefits and what you gain instead of what you give up by being the sober person at the party. Because people can, you can come up with what it's like to be the sober person at the party. But what if you started thinking about the positives about being the sober person at the party and how much better you're going to feel the next day and how much more you can get accomplished the next day. Even if all you want to get accomplished is laying in the sun and drinking a nice cup of coffee in the morning, at least you don't have a throbbing headache to enjoy the next morning's relaxing time, catching up on a good book or just weeding the garden. It's no fun weeding the garden when you're hungover. I used to weed strawberries for acres, so hung over as a kid. Well, not a kid, but as a teenager and a university student. And trust me, that is not a good time. So if you, and then let's talk about the health benefits. So there is no benefit to drinking. People who are at risk for heart conditions, for uh, diabetes, if diabetes is a genetic concern or uh, like people in your family have diabetes, then you're not going to want to have those high spikes in insulin and blood sugars that alcohol does. You're not going to want to have your kidneys functioning at the higher rate that they need to, because when they have to deal with alcohol, they don't deal with the sugars and the insulin as well. You just don't want your body having to process that much alcohol if you are at risk for these other diseases, which Like literally we all are. So if you 
continually to make the choice to drink to the point where you are feeling that buzz and feeling hungover on a regular basis, you're making your body work harder than it should to do something it doesn't need to do. And what will happen is when your body is going to be asked to deal with something else that you really need it to do, it won't have the fighting army to do it. It just won't be able to do the job. And so that's when, you know, unhealthy cells can start to grow and your uh, organ functions start to not work optimally. So that's when people start developing heart conditions and things like that. So you can gain a whole lot of longevity of life and quality of life if you just do some swaps and start to figure out how to be social in the summertime with your friends without consuming so much alcohol that it makes your body work as hard as that, as hard as it does. And the older we get, the harder the alcohol is on our system. So the, the more important it is for you to decide, okay, now's the time for me to actually make the choices that are going to create quality of life and, uh, longevity. If you tell me that, you know, you're getting older and your knees are really hurting and your back has been sore all the time, like that tells me you have inflammation. What makes inflammation worse? Sugar. So if you tell me that in seven days you have eight to 10 drinks, which happens, I get that on my, on the sheets all the time, you know, a drink every night and a couple on Saturday, or even five drinks over the course of the week. I drink, you know, one on Thursday and a couple on Friday and Saturday. If you tell me that that's the level of sugar consumption you have and your body hurts, there's something that can be done. You, you have so much control over making your body feel better that, um, it always gives me a little bit of hope that maybe I can convince people to change some of the habits that they've had that have been working for them in the past, but aren't working for them. And they don't even realize that's what's not working for them anymore. Change those habits and create the ones that make you feel better. Um, the first time you do this, it will feel weird and that's okay. I get that. The first time you go to a party and you don't drink, Maybe somebody that knows you well will ask you about that. And the simplest answer is, I got a lot to do tomorrow. And so I'm just here for a good time. No one's going to argue with you if you are promising to still be a good time. You can still be, I mean, I like being a smart ass and witty without all the alcohol because I'm actually kind of nasty when I have too many drinks. So I'm actually probably better to not. And a lot of other people are like that. Maybe you should do a (laughs) check-in. Are you as awesome and as witty and as charming as you think you are when you're under the influence? Have you ever asked the crowd around you, which one of the, which one of me do you prefer? Do you like me when I'm slurring drunk profanities at people? Or do you like it just before I get to that point? If you need the feedback, ask the question, but I bet you, you already know the answer to the question about when the 
rest of the crowd, how many drinks the rest of the people think you should be putting into your cooler bag to go to the party. And um, it's, it's kind of a funny sort of, I don't know what's the right word. I'm looking for a word. It's a story we've told ourselves. It's part of the story we are making up about who we are when we are being social. And it's not necessarily a true story. So is there a way for you to be you? The people, the, the, the you that people love that got invited to the function that people want to hang around with, can you be you and still be working on being healthy and still be working on improving the longevity and the quality of your life? Can you be you without all the alcohol? I bet you, you can. It just feels weird to try it out. Um, if you are listening to this and you think I'm just so full of it, that there's no way you're going to give up drinking and you're kind of wondering if maybe that's not okay. And you're kind of wondering if maybe you should be thinking a little bit more seriously about drinking and you're questioning whether or not maybe you do have a problem, then there's so many resources out there. And one of the ones that I found, um, it's called the recovery happy hour. Addictions is, uh, very near and dear to my heart and addictions is in my family. And so sometimes when I am needing to, you know, do a little bit of introverted therapy on myself, I scroll through podcasts about addictions and recovery and things like that, hoping to find a little bit of peace in the, in my own world. One of the podcasts that I found that just so nicely fits into what I'm talking about today is this recovery happy hour. Don't go search for it. Stay here on my podcast. I've put it into the bottom of the show notes. So if you have my podcast open on your phone and you scroll down to the bottom, you're going to find the recovery happy hour. I put it there and any of the episodes I've listened to most of them over the, well, over the last couple of years, or a year and a half. She hasn't had a podcast for a very long time, but I've listened to a lot of them and they're so real and they're so like down to earth and not preachy and so well done that if you just need a place to kind of be a little bit reflective of your own life at this current moment in time, and you want something to just listen to, but not feel judged by any way. I really recommend her. She's really good. She's really good at the recovery happy hour podcast. Um, and if you're not questioning whether or not you think you can do this and you want to be up for the challenge and you want to, and you're thinking, yeah, you know what? I can pack a drink and a sparkling water and go and be awesome at this party and have a really good time and feel good the next day and not, you know, waste a thousand calories in a day on booze. If you are up for the challenge, then screenshot this podcast, put it in your story and say, this is going to be the best summer ever. I am going to enjoy the summer beverages to the point where they are not 
going to take me off my goals. This is the summer that I am going to own this. You're starting to own the food that goes into your body. You're starting to own your movement, starting to own your mindset, starting to choose your mood. So being able to choose the kind of beverages that you have when you are out and being social and changing the mindset of how you um, interact with other people in social situations, that's just that next level of awesomeness that you deserve to take control over. And I really hope you do. So I'm going to leave you with that now. 27 minutes is as long as a podcast as anybody likes to listen to. And um, trust me, I am not going to be alcohol free this entire summer, but I will also not be, uh, you will not find me slurring drunk anywhere, wasting my Sunday by any stretch. So I hope you all have a fantastic week. Enjoy it. The forecast. If you're listening to this, when this podcast airs, the forecast looks like a lovely week and it's grad week. So there's probably going to be some alcohol consumed over the next week for graduation, but you can do it and you can make some really smart choices. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listen to or want more information, reach out and send her a message at K2 Thriving Motherhood on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners and responds to each one personally. See you next time.